Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hello everyone and welcome back to the Triple Jump podcast. It's a video game podcast. My name is Ben. And my name is Peter. Hello Peter. Hello Ben. How are you this week? Same as always. The time has time has stood still yeah. in the uh in the world of lockdown, I would say. It's been one month since you looked at me. Yeah. yeah. Well, pretty much literally as well. Yeah, it actually has. Yeah. It's been a month since you looked at me. Uh, very quickly, where are we hiking today in the video version of this podcast? Well remembered. I, um, I did it. I remembered. How about maybe across across like the Martian landscape? Ooh, on, on Mars planet. On Mars planet. On, on the planet Mars. Yeah. It's pretty rude to Earth, considering it was Earth Day this week. But well, you know what? Earth needs what? to buck its ideas up, doesn't it? Yeah, when's International Men's Day? Am I right? <laughs> when's when's International Mars Day? I don't know. It's about time though, right? Mars is Marsh we Martians have had it too hard for too we long. We have. Yeah. Dreadful. Yeah. A lot of people say it's International Mars Day, three hundred and sixty five days of the year, but I I wouldn't say so. I, I want say a day. So. Where's my where are my balloons, huh? Yeah. Absolutely. Not, not here. No. That's for sure. Hey, welcome along everyone. Hope you're doing okay at home and uh, staying safe and playing those video games. Or if you're out in the field doing your essential job, I hope you're safe there too. Thank Absolutely. you for doing what you do. Before we go any further, did you know that this podcast is actually sponsored by a real sponsor every single week? Every single weekly episode, there's a brand new sponsor. There's something to be said for us not being able to hold down a sponsor. But I think that's just shifting the focus away from how amazing we are and that actually companies get so much exposure when they advertise with us, they don't need to do any more advertising ever again. Well, yeah, I, I like to think of it as we're, we're giving everyone a chance to mm. be a sponsor on our show. You know, it's not that people rapidly want to move away from no. being our sponsor almost immediately. It's, Never that. We're just very inclusive. Today's sponsor, Ben, mm. uh, there's, a, there's a brand new children's book coming out based on a 2020 Microsoft video game. Okay. Would you like to hear all about it? Yeah. Uh, it's, about a, it's about a little character, a little, little boy called Ori, mm. uh, who um, he, he's, got a, he's got a Wilson. Uh, I'm sorry? That, he's got a Wilson. Ori has a Wilson um, in this book. Yeah. And uh, it's, it's, it's quite a hairy Wilson. Um, right. 
but it's sort of long, thin, uh, long, thin strands of hair. It's it's not a nice. It's not a a, a nice a great big bushy beard. Um, is this a sex ed book? This is a sex ed book. It's about you know when when changes are happening to your body. Yes. Um, you know, Ori will guide you through those changes because it's a confusing time, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Um, a co- yeah, it is. So uh, you heard it here first, coming soon to the the nations of the world. Can we have a better choice of words there, please? Sorry, uh, arriving soon to the nations of the world, Ori and the Willy of Wisps. Okay, um, who's the author? Uh, I think Ori. I think it's autobiographical. Okay, not Philip K. Dick. No, no, definitely not. Okay. Um, so do we have an RRP? Um, oh, it's like £93.95. See, that's um, quite expensive, isn't it? Yeah, but I think once they've got the exposure from, again, not a good choice of words, once they've got uh, some publicity from being on this podcast, the prices yeah. might come down a bit. That's true. Uh, next question. Is it mm-hmm. scratch and sniff? I certainly hope it isn't. Uh, well, I, I think mean, it might, might be, be a, where the cost is. It might be one of those pop-out books where you turn the page yeah. and something just smacks you right in the face. Or one of those, um, you know, fuzzy books that where you can stroke the cow and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the the willy wisps, mm-hmm. yeah. Brilliant. I'm sure Xbox is thrilled <laughs> by this partnership. Absolutely. I'll tell you what else it is, though, as mm. well as scratch and sniff, pop-out and, and fuzzy. Yeah. Fake! No! Yeah, it's fake. Get off it. Did you just lie to me? I just lied to you. It's a lie. That is outrageous behavior. My goodness. My goodness me. Well, thank God it's a lie. <laughs> it's not real, unsurprisingly. I mean, who knows in this world? It probably, there, there are probably worse sex ed books, worse pitches for sex ed books out there. Yeah. Um, but no, we're not sponsored by, what was it, Willy? Ori and the Willy of Wisps. Ori and the Willy of Wisps. No, we're not. We're sponsored by something arguably even more attractive than the idea of that book. And that's the patrons over at patreon.com forward slash team triple jump. If you donate there at any tier, and that was weirdly, any tier, (laughs) and it really doesn't matter. You know, you can can donate a dollar, you can donate five, ten... 25 50 100 whatever you want to support there are various rewards for different tiers but at the bare minimum you will get access to the podcast post that goes up on a tuesday and i get questions from it on a wednesday evening and you'll be able to ask questions for the show so thank you patrons for bringing us the podcast this week absolutely yeah thank you very much thank you just like maria you gotta see her that her full name yeah Uh, maria you got to see her says hi guys hope you guys are safe and healthy thanks for the great streams during this strange time i'm in isolation since the 15th of march oh my goodness me that's a long time wow and your streams are helping me to stay sane loved the worst games ever last sunday how did you manage to make this one do you each have a couple of worst games at home Love, Maria from the Netherlands. Well, stay safe and sane, Maria. Yeah, All the thank best. You. Thank you, Maria. I picked this one, Peter, because I thought it would be a nice way to kick off the show and pull mm. back the curtain a little bit. Um, so f- feel free to, 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 to expose yourself. Oh, goodness me, like Ori. Just okay. like Ori. Well, uh, yeah, a few people asked us this, actually, because, uh, of course, Ben and I are, as you know, uh, living apart... Don't worry, we're not splitting up because of you, it's no, because of us. Because we hate each other. Yeah, um, 
because we're obviously in lockdown in the UK and we're working from home. Now, uh, we were a bit concerned that we might not be able to do worst games ever. We had a couple sort of pre-recorded ones that were that were backed up and ready to go out. But uh, the one that just went out at time of release uh, a week ago um, was the first one where we were like, oh, well, that's it. We've run out. What are we going to do? What we realized was Discord, good old Discord, um, has a screen share functionality. Um, and as we always uh, emulate our games anyway, despite the fact that people send us hard copies of them in the post... Um, we figured, well, whoever the victim of the episode of Worst Games Ever is, they can pull up an emulator on their home computer, uh, play the game on that, and just screen share so that the game's master can see exactly what they're doing in real time. And then uh, the rest of it is as simple as the way that we record this podcast, for example. We both individually record our own um uh, microphone um, because then you're getting the best quality we're not recording the call the Skype call or whatever because that's pretty tinny um, and then we we stick the two individual recorded stems together in post and uh, the rest they say is um, uh, rubbish <laughs> yes that is what they say uh, yeah. it also presented a really fun sort of set of hurdles to overcome of one course. of which was actually recording the game itself without also recording my audio baked in so because peter was the victim he was playing the game and he had to record the footage on his end locally however the software that we use to record our footage isn't comprehensive enough to be able to separate the game audio from the uh the skype audio from the skype call that we were doing so in obviously we want for the best possible quality for the edit we want there to be separate audio channels so peter can adjust the game audio in the edit and keep my audio separate so what we had to do actually was have a phone call on our actual phones so there was no audio going through the computer at all so peter could just capture the audio from the game we had an earbud going under our headphones that we were using to hear the game and then through the earbud we were having a, an actual old school telephone call while still recording while still talking into our microphones and recording that locally it was a bit of a bit of a faffy workaround but it did it did work in the end it did work surprisingly well we did we had to we had to use the earbuds underneath headphones because if we'd had the call the phone call on speakerphone then the audio from that phone call would bleed through into our microphone so you mm-hmm. would be able to hear ben in the background of my microphone audio just on an actual as you say an old school phone call it was like on uh you know on on our mobile service providers as opposed to any of the various kinds of voice call available on you know whatsapp and skype and discord we yeah. did an actual phone call. We with did. Rotary phones. It was like Rules Boss. It was crazy. I've got the Rules Boss phone over here. I mean, no, I don't. What? Sorry. What? It's in the Ecockland. Yeah, what? How did you get that? I don't know. The theft, mainly. Do you think they're a vital service? Are they an essential service, Ecock? I don't know. It depends. We should really, you know, depending on how long this goes on, we should really give them a call and find out, shouldn't we? We should, yeah. Just he's wiping down the handset. They can be terrible harborers of disease it's very true that's why it's far more hygienic to use an earbud yeah probably i don't know that's not backed up by any science that i'm (laughs) aware of uh but there we go little insight there about how we uh, how we how we put that episode together and that's how we're going to continue to put episodes together until we're allowed to go back to the office 
And even, you know, given the given the state of certain parts of the world, America, that are looking at uh, reopening themselves way too early, even when we are allowed to go back to work, you know, as we've discussed before, COVID, the C virus, it's still around. You know, it's not mm. gone until there's a vaccine. So it may well be that actually we continue to work from home for a little while just yeah. until things are actually safe. Yeah, yeah so, I wouldn't be surprised. Um, you may be getting a, many more Worst Games episodes like that. Absolutely, because it's it's working for the most part. It's all it's all working pretty well. You know, it could be mm. a lot worse. Oh, still yeah. getting your worst games. I mean, th- maybe the only major thing is the stream quality is is down slightly, but the frequency is up, and I think people overall are, are much happier with the fact that we're just streaming more while people are shut up with not much to do. And uh, you know, even if the quality is slightly less good, uh, you know, I think it's going well. I think you mean fewer. I do fewer good. Fewer good. Yeah. Yeah. There we are. Let's move on to a section, Peter. Brand new, never touched, still in the cellophane. It's called Whoop Whoop. Oh, okay. Peter, yes. what we playing? Well, we together have been playing Minecraft oh, on our Thursday yes. joint Blazit streams. That's really good. I'm really enjoying that. We've just started a new map mm-hmm. uh, because we had a whole load of weird tech issues with that that we've sorted out now, um, but it ended up with us restarting uh, our world. Um, but solo-wise, I've been streaming a couple of games, um, continuing with um, Jedi Academy. I played that yesterday at time of recording. Um, fought, fought one of the vicious norm cores. No. Um, yeah, absolutely. Um, and, uh, God, the, the facial animations in that game are quite something. They're really they're an experience. <laughs> Especially in the mission briefings or the... What's the what's the opposite of a briefing? The post, the post uh, debrief. The debrief, of course. The debriefing. The debrief. There's a whole chapter about that in uh, Ori's book, isn't there? Yeah, probably is. Yeah, debriefing. You have to debrief before you get going. Uh, otherwise, well, it's, it's a logistical nightmare. Can't see the Wilsons, can you? No, um, but uh, whenever they're done talking, there's a little little head in the bottom corner of the screen uh, when you're doing the briefing or the debrief while you're looking at all the stats. Hello. Uh, Hello, yeah, that's him. And whenever whoever it is is done talking, their face suddenly snaps to like an actual <laughs> resting bitch face. Oh my god! Whenever it's animated, they've got like these smiley faces, but then it suddenly just goes boop, and they're really angry. That's um, upsetting. It's like Oblivion, you know, where they'd be yes. like, "Oh, have you been to the the winking skeever?" But if you've been persuading them and got like a score of zero out of a hundred, suddenly they go <laughs> right in your face. I'm mad about the winking skeever. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I think the winking skeever might be from Skyrim, actually. Just, uh, just oh, get that right. Actually. Um... Actually. Um, but as well as that, I've been continuing to play Resident Evil 3. Nice. Um, oh, boy, that nemesis is... He's a real... He's a dude, isn't he? He's, he's a, a He's a monster. Yeah. Um God, I'm finding him a lot more troublesome than Mr. X, and I've only encountered him like three times. <laughs> uh, but I do feel like it's very difficult to get away from him to almost an unsatisfying degree. I feel like, mm-hmm. you know, um, it's not like testing my skills at like evading a guy. It's just saying, right, ne- Nemesis is here now. You are going to lose like at least three hits of health. That's just going to happen. Like, yeah. We've decided. Uh, so I'm finding that slightly, slightly, uh, you know, well, I don't know what the word is. It's not bad, but 
it's yeah it 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 takes something away i think from the gameplay experience for me mm-hmm. um but outside of that still really enjoying it i love that that whatever the engine's called just the resident evil engine the What's it called? The I Evil it, Engine? I think or... it might just be yeah, it might just be RE Engine or something. I RE Engine, yeah. It, it's so nice. It's so clean. The UI is lovely, um, and the graphical fidelity is great. Um, but um, the other the the problem we had when I did my stream on uh, on Monday, my second installment of Resi, was that that was actual 420 day. Yeah, it was. Um, and. We sort of joked about it, but I think it might genuinely be the case that there were some weird issues I was having where OBS, our streaming software, was struggling to actually stay connected to Twitch, um, which I've never had before. You know, I've had actual internet speed issues and things like that, but I've never had it where the software is like, I can't I can't contact Twitch specifically because my internet speed elsewhere, like in my browser, was fine. And I, the stream just kept dropping, and it was like saying, oh, OBS is disconnected from your, your stream provider. And um, <laughs> the, the weird thing was that the issues spiked between sort of 5 past 4 and 4.30, and then they were fine, and then there was another spike at exactly 5.20. So as much as we were joking about it, I do actually wonder whether... There was suddenly a lot of internet traffic at both 4.20 and then an hour later when whoever else was celebrating it. Like, I guess a lot of African nations are at minus one hour time zone. So right. it was a really weird thing where we just had strange issues with, with my Resident Evil stream because it was 4.20. Because it was um, 4.20. Can't confirm that that's actually what caused it, but I didn't have any problems yesterday. So Fantastic. I think so. So that's what I've been playing. I've been playing 420 games that had that had traffic issues. Nice. That's yeah. what you want. It is. What about you? I I played a little bit of Project Resistance, the free multiplayer mode oh, yeah. that downloads separately. And oh boy, it's not good. Oh no. It's really bad. Turns out it was made by a different company. Right. Um and there's there's a pretty clear reason why it's not just in the menu in Resident Evil 3. Uh, right, I think yeah. on Metacritic, it's on about 60 currently. Mm-hmm. And it's just so bizarre. So a team of you play as uh, survivors trying to make your way through this uh, map. And uh, one of you plays as a mastermind who can spawn in zombies, set traps, and uh, take direct control of certain units uh, to try and hinder and prevent the survivors from making it through. So it's an right. interesting concept. However, it is hugely overcomplicated in that by playing it, you get a pretty good understanding of what's going on, but it throws about 20 tutorials at you immediately. And it's there's so much HUD. The main menu is an absolute disaster because there's so much there's just there's just so much on it. It's mm-hmm. so cluttered. And when I played it, it just wasn't any good. It reminded me, I was playing it with a friend, and it it, it reminded us of um, that sort of no man's land wilderness time in PS3 online multiplayer, sort of in the wake of Call of Duty 4 coming out, when mm. every game had to have multiplayer, and it was usually bad shooters that had multiplayer. Yeah. And the multiplayer functionality was really weird. Like no one had really sort of established a set way to party up and play with friends 
and enter lobbies, and it all felt very archaic. And that's what this felt like. It was so weird. It was so unclear about how you were able to party up that I had to Google it. And there were several articles that popped up telling you how to join <laughs> parties. Now, that's just a damning indictment, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, there's definitely some fun to be had there. But I, I didn't even finish the first game I played. I was so, so unimpressed uh, by it. And I just have no, absolutely no, um, uh, what's, the, what's the term I'm looking for? Motivation. Thank you. No motivation to ever go back to it. So I just got rid of it. Um, God, I wonder if... Um... This is pure speculation. I've not seen anything to even give me a hint that this is true. But I wonder if like that was originally meant to just be an actual bundled in-game launchable from front menu Resident Evil 3 multiplayer mode. And then when they realized that, oh, God, this is really crap, they just said, right, we'll just split this off then and release it separately. <laughs> I um, would not be surprised if that was mm. the case. Uh, they did do the, you know, they did do the sneaky where they were just promoting this game and then suddenly went, oh, surprise, it's actually the multiplayer component of Resident Evil 3. So they're definitely, yeah. you know, they're definitely linked at the very mm. least. They released at the same time. Survival is bundled with, uh, yeah. sorry, Project Resistance is bundled with, um, with Resi 3. But it's a separate thing. Mm. And that's it's very, weird. it's very unusual, but the quality of the game is extremely low. Uh, yeah. So that might be why it has redeeming features. It's a cool idea, and I'm sure some people who played it uh, are listening and, and probably enjoyed it or thought it was fine. But I was just, you know, my my time is finite, and I was so unimpressed <laughs> by how much of it it wasted, just trying to get into it, and I couldn't be bothered. Um, uh. So played that. Now let's talk about Final Fantasy VII remake, which I finished. Yes, I love it. Oh, do you? Yeah, I love it. I thought um, you, there were some real dips in it for you. Yeah, that's the thing. There are real dips. I have some real issues with several of the design choices in the game. Mm -hmm. uh, but as it went on, it sort of grew on me and grew on me and grew on me until I reached the point where I just thought, actually, you know what? I don't, I don't really want this to end. And I'm kind of sad that I know it's going to end before the end of the original game. Uh, I, I really like it. Oh, that's and, great. Uh, yeah, my, I, I still stand by my criticisms. I think the opening is so strong with the initial reactor mission, the bombing mission. Hmm. And then it just takes a huge uncharted territory nosedive into side quests and weird B characters. And that was that was scary to me, you know, mm -hmm. as a as a big Final Fantasy VII fan. But what they've done ultimately in fleshing out the world and the characters... The, the important ones, that is, uh, and of, of the universe of Final Fantasy VII is, is really impressive. I have absolutely no idea how they're going to tackle the open world segments because I don't know how that could possibly translate into this style of game that they've made. Right. Uh, so they're going to certainly irritate a lot of people no matter what they do next. However, much like... Uh, I know we got a couple of questions about it as well. Much like many people who finished the story now or finish the, the game, the theories are running wild, Peter. They're, oh, yeah. They're going crazy because there's all sorts of questions that get thrown up in the air uh, as you go. And the theories that are going around online are really interesting and, and really sort of paved the way for a, a fascinating take on the rest of the game. Uh, because, as I said last time, the destination is the same, ultimately, but the journey is different. 
So there are different things that happen and different things that pop up and different characters that do different things or the original characters that do different things that aren't the same as the original, as you would expect, you know, because they've they've taken artistic license with it. Um, but the reason for them doing that may have a deeper meaning, which is beyond what any of us expected. And right. I hope that's the case. But we we will see. It's difficult to dance around it without <laughs> actively addressing it. But needless to say, I, I I I'm I'm glad I stuck with it. Not that I would have stopped playing, but once I overcame what I think is actually quite a very weak second chapter, uh, I'd, I've I've really enjoyed it, and I'm I'm so sad that it's over that I might just go and play Final Fantasy VII <laughs> again, right. the yeah. original one. Um, and also, hard mode is the worst thing that's ever been done by anyone. So I oh may God. not okay. may not go for the platinum, but I will tr- certainly try and get all the uh, all the collectibles and stuff. But uh, yeah, um, that's uh, that's that's where I am now on Final Fantasy VII Remake. It's got problems. Great. It's not perfect, but I really like it. I think it's a very good game. That's the sign of a good remake, though, is that when you know there's, they they put things in there that you know even old fans of a series are still surprised in some way shape or form or or left with questions or you know there's intriguing new little tidbits um i'm sure by the sounds of it this is not a a good comparison on in terms of magnitude but i really enjoyed uh in the spyro one remake uh where they they gave like functionality and like purpose to a lot of the levels they used to just be sort of blank nondescript landscapes but then they they were saying oh well now this is like the library where all the dragons go and read their books and this (laughs) is where they generate wind power and stuff and you know it kind of gave gave depth to the world um so yeah that's really good they've done that in final fantasy absolutely gives them a chance to flesh things out and they've 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 gone they've certainly gone above and beyond uh as i said don't agree with everything they've done i think some characters are dreadful um like proper as i said last time anime like one note anime stereotypes mm-hmm. uh some of them just don't appear again it's like well why did you even do that right yeah why was that person even there you could have just done without them don't i don't care about them mm-hmm. uh but on the whole it's it's really admirable what they've done and that music is just god damn so good yeah so good uh but uh there we go that's uh that's where we are currently oh, lovely yeah um maybe we should move on to a question from aaron may Will he? Uh, Aaron May. Aaron May. Would you like to read it? I shall. When discussing Star Wars colon Jedi colon Fallen Order too many colons last week, Peter said, "Whenever do you want to do your own voice? Uh, Whenever I think about going back to it, my body goes, oh, no. How much does... That was perfect. How much does replayability factor into your assessment of favourite or best games? Do you have favourite games you aren't interested in revisiting? As I've gotten older and my... disposable income outpaces my leisure time i almost never go back to games after finishing the story unless there's a remaster collection like halo mcc borderlands handsome collection or bioshock collection etc it's an interesting distinction actually like you raise a good point aaron may aaron may raise a good point uh which is that i i did say that about star wars jedi fallen order as though the the fact that i don't want to go back to it means that uh it it's not such a good game in hindsight um thinking about it there are lots of games that i wouldn't necessarily go back to that i do really enjoy you know i mean i've only played the last of us once and i don't even know if i'm in a hurry to replay it again i think it was a really great experience a really nice 
you know, a, a treat from start to finish. But I'm not I'm not in a hurry to ever go back to it. Um, however, I think the distinction is if someone said you have to go and play X game again, whether or not I would be happy or not. So if someone said to me, you have to go and play The Last of Us, I'd be like, all right, fine. Whereas if someone said you have to go and play Jedi Fallen Order, I I would say uh, no. My body would say uh, no. So that's the distinction there. Uh, but you, you're right to raise it. You know, not necessarily all all the good games I've ever played or all my favorite games are ones that I would go back to or have ever have done. It's mm-hmm. just a question of whether I would mind if I was forced to go back to them. But yeah, it's a good question. Yeah, I have uh, a, a somewhat unique perspective in that trophies mm. can really make or break a game for me. Yeah. Uh, so if I, if I love a game, I usually want to get the platinum trophy in it and, and get all the other trophies and, and do everything and so on. But the platinum has to be, for want of a better term, a good platinum in that it can't be punishing. And I've played games that have made me hate them and resent them because of how because of what they've put me through for the platinum. Usually, just ridiculously hard challenges or finishing the game on some obscene difficulty level. And I hope that Final Fantasy VII Remake doesn't do that to me, but I, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, because it can just sour the whole experience for me. Uh, but then games with good Platinums, you know, Spider-Man is one that I constantly think about revisiting, and I hope I hope to do so at some point when my backlog of games to play clears up a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dark Souls has a really tough Platinum, but I'd, I'd still happily play through it again. You know, there are there are games where I think the trophies or achievements really complement them and they provide enough of a challenge and a, more of a time investment than a challenge. And I think that is that can be a real difference maker in, for me in terms of whether or not I would ever want to revisit those games. Uh, but usually I just, I just need a big cooling off period before I can go back to games that I've really enjoyed. I'd happily play God of War again, but I don't think I'm ready to play it just yet. Mm-hmm. Um, I just played The Last of Us Remastered again. As you right. said, I, I would have happily not played that again, but I wanted to play it with the sequel coming out at some yeah. point, who knows when. Uh, but I hadn't played it since I originally played it on PS3. I played it a little bit on PS4 with the remaster, but that was it. Uh, but an outlier for me would be Skyrim. Yeah. As I've discussed before, which I played solidly for a month. And then every time since then that I've thought, Man, I could really go for some Skyrim. Wow, the mods look awesome. I could, you know, maybe I should play it again. I'll start a character and I'll play it for 20 minutes and then I'll just get this overwhelming sort of mentally draining sense of fatigue and I just can't be bothered. I don't know what it is about that game that has done that to me, Mm -hmm. but I just can't play Skyrim ever again. That's a shame. Yeah, it is. Um, You know, for my sake alone Bethesda need to hurry up and release the next Elder Scrolls game I think that's uh, that's what they need to do they really do I can't wait for that but all we've had is like that one little teaser and it's just going to be it's going to be years still isn't it on top of the years we've already waited because unfortunately Elder Scrolls Online just does quite well and that's they're probably quite happy to just focus on that for as long as they can Mm. Um, yeah yeah. Uh, New Game Pluses is worth mentioning as well. 
A yeah. game with a decent new game plus is always welcome. Borderlands is a very good new game plus. Spider-Man has new game plus. God of War got patched to have new game plus, so maybe that's mm. how I'd revisit it. There are certain games, certainly narrative ones, with RPG mechanics, leveling up and collecting things yeah. and so on, where I just wouldn't want to start from scratch. Mm-hmm. Uh, Final Fantasy VII Remake, thankfully, their hard mode is basically new game plus, where everything carries over. Right. So that's handy that you can just start fully leveled. But even so, it's punishingly hard and it may ruin the whole game for me. So, yeah, yeah, there's all sorts of factors. There's all sorts of factors. But um, I think probably in the case of Star Wars, colon, Jedi, colon, Fallen Order, not to put any words in your mouth and feel free to disagree. But it's mainly because that game just ultimately wasn't that amazing. Yeah, yeah. No, for sure. Yeah, it's not. Even if that game did have a new game plus. In fact, it might... I, th- I think it does, question mark. I think <laughs> maybe, no, it probably doesn't because uh, you unlock force powers that would allow you to get through, you know, like narrative barriers and stuff, which, so it probably, or it might, maybe certain things you can carry. I don't know. But anyway, um, the point is that even if that game did have a new game plus as as we know it, um, that wouldn't be enough for me. It was the fact that it was so sprawling in a horrible way. Um, you know, the combat was was weird and i don't know yeah i enjoyed it at the time as as i said last week um i enjoyed it at the time because partly because just because of the star wars you know fan aspect to my personality I, I liked the references and the callbacks and things like that but you know all in all not actually a very good game there's much better star wars games out there let's say that much for sure mm. yeah. yeah so excellent yeah. well it's time to move on to something a little peculiar it is. A little strange. Oh, I've got to get strange. my paper. Oh, paper. me too. Uh, I got it. You got it? Okay. It's yeah. time, everybody, for weird news. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. 
It's weird news time. It's time to look at some strange news from across the world of video games. Peter. Yes. Have you got some weird news for me? Not only do I have a weird news for you, I've got a weird news that was submitted to me by a viewer slash listener. Listener of the the podcast. Ian Rogers at Id Rogers uh, tweeted this to me and... Team Triple Jump on Twitter. Uh, are you ready for the latest episode of an ongoing saga? Yeah. The Fallout 7 train wreck. Uh, 76, sorry. For the Fallout 7 train wreck. Yeah. Yeah, the, I'm ready. Fallout's 7th train wreck in Fallout 76. <laughs> Fallout 76 NPCs are looting player corpses, stealing their weapons, and refusing to give them back. What? Yeah. This is news by Wesley Yin Poole, who is the deputy a deputy editor at Eurogamer.net. I know that name. I recognize Eurogamer. that name. Or or Wesley. Which which do you, do you know? Whoops, sorry. What? Euro, Eurogamer, Eurogamer or, or No, I, I both. I know both. You know both. You know Wesley Yin Poole. No, I don't know him personally, but I know the name. I recognize you know the, the name. name Wesley. I've seen a lot of Wesley articles, yeah. Yeah. Uh okay, here we go. In the dog-eat-dog world of Fallout, murder and the looting of corpses is the name of the game, but NPCs are supposed to follow different rules. For some Fallout 76 players, friendly NPCs are taking a leaf out of the player's book and looting their corpses, and even stealing their most prized possessions. Redditor Lizard... Lizardinosaurus reported that while playing one of the game's new PvE events, a friendly NPC stole their Gatling gun and nearly 2,000 units of 5mm ammo. In Fallout 76, when, uh, when you die, you respawn close to the location you died. Where you died is a small paper bag that includes your junk only. You're not supposed to lose any weapons or armour. However, when Lizardinosaurus respawned, they found they were missing their Gatling gun. Puzzled, they returned to the scene of the crime to find an NPC wielding the Gatling gun. <laughs> Somehow, the NPC had looted Lizardinosaurus's corpse in the tiny window after death and before they respawned, and the paper bag entered the game world. Just to be safe, don't use your best or rarest weapons in events like riding shotgun just in case one of the NPCs decides to steal it, Lizardinosaurus wrote. An isolated ultra-rare bug, perhaps? Well, it turns out that others have suffered a similar fate from the hands of Fallout 76's new and sneaky NPCs. The video below shows a player die during another PvE event, respawn without their high-powered gun, and you can see them search for the weapon in their inventory and weapon wheel, and then find NPC Marion Copeland wielding it during the fight. And then there's a little embedded video. And finally it says... As there's no way to kill these NPCs, and they can be because they can be downed only, there is no way to loot their corpse and steal back the stolen weapon. How annoying. Clearly wow. this is an unintentional bug, and a Bethesda rep took to Lizardinosaurus's Reddit thread to say the developers will investigate immediately, but until then, maybe don't take your prized weapons out on a Fallout 76 NPC event. You never know when they may loot your corpse. <sighs> Fantastic. Well, that's just... Typical Fallout 76 fair there. But it raises some interesting questions like, how does... Is it learning? Is, is the NPC learning? Will that NPC have that gun forever now? 
until it's removed by you know the 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 developers potentially will will that i mean because i don't know how long the servers stay up for you know because yeah. they're sort of they're they're instanced worlds um for 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 you know a select number of players 20 up to 20 players or so mm-hmm. so will everyone see that npc with that gun will that npc then when the server is presumably backed up or like shuffled around or whatever will it lose it next time the server's rebooted or crashes because someone's duplicating their armor or <laughs> will that npc in every world then be updated to have that gun because the stats are better i don't how would how does this happen and will they I guess they they use it as well. Like if you then go back and try and do the event, and you know you get into combat with with the NPC, they're suddenly going at you with a Gatling gun when ordinarily maybe they just had like a hunting rifle or whatever. So yeah, yeah it's it's pretty game breaking, and also it's ridiculous, isn't it? You know, we we've joked before in the past about um, how Fallout seventy six came out, and then later they added NPCs. And it was sold as though it was this big revelation that, oh, wow, now there's NPCs in our Fallout game, you know, mm-hmm. when that's what all Fallout games should have, in my opinion. Um, but now they've they've added this staple of the Fallout series, finally, and immediately they've screwed it up. And now, now these NPCs are going around looting corpses and taking prized possessions off people. They just can't get anything right, can they? No, it's... I feel so sorry for just the developers <laughs> and the PR team who are who are forced to continually keep this poor monstrosity alive yeah through yeah. every pitfall really and up against it aren't they constantly just they keeps get over, going wrong yeah they get over one thing and the next thing and the moldy helmet and you know whatever it is yeah and then yeah it, it there's just always something else to rear its ugly head god absolutely dreadful but yeah. absolutely expected as well mm for sure. Good lord. Well, that's my weird news. Thank you for your weird news. Would you like some weird news? This just in. Ben also has some weird news. This is from Kotaku and Luke Plunkett. Ah. The uh, the, the weird news writer over at Kotaku, Luke Plunkett. Yeah, we know that one too. He has, has written the following headline. Selena Gomez suing game for stealing her likeness. Oh my god, okay. Would you like to see a side-by-side comparison? I would love to. I'm going to send yeah. it in Slack for you. Okay. Um, there you go. See if you can uh, see if you can see the the, the comparison there. Oh my uh, god! Between the two images. Let me continue reading, and then I'll get your thoughts on it. Oh my god! Selena Gomez <laughs> has filed a ten million dollar lawsuit against the companies responsible for Clothes Forever hyphen styling game. A phone game that will, by its own account, allow you to live out all your fantasies and become the fashionista you were born to be. In reality, it's a cheap dress-up game that, like most mobile titles, looks to gouge the player through the sale of diamonds, an in-game currency that costs anywhere up to £100 a pop. As Variety reports, Gomez is suing both Guangzhou Feidong Software Technology Co. and British company Mutant Box Interactive Limited over the game, claiming that it uses her likeness, specifically an image used for the cover of Flare magazine, without permission. What do you think I mean, of the uh, the image there? Claiming that it uses her likeness, I think that's the wrong verb. I mean, you know, rightly stating 
that it uses her likeness. That is that is the same image in every respect. She's yeah. got the ring on her finger. She's got the the weird bracelet thing. The buckles, even the the light reflections on the buckles are identical to the mm-hmm. side by side image. They have just copied that photo. Yeah. It's just yeah. a weird digitized art version of that photo. The outfit, the tattoos, it's all there. Yeah. Man, it's not tattoos, sorry, just the weird patterns on the outfit. Even the mm. QR code is there. Yeah, it's the so QR strange. code. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the article continues. Her suit even throws some ooh, naughty S word on the game, saying, Oof. nor, if asked, would Gomez have consented to such use for the game, which apparently relies on the unsavory practice of luring its users to make in-game purchases in amounts as much as $99.99 to fund imaginary spending in the game and unlock features. You heard it here first. Selena Gomez does not like microtransactions. Selena Gomez, ally of the gamers. Yeah. It should be noted that Gomez is but one of the celebrities whose likenesses has been lifted for the game, uh, with others including Taylor Swift and and Kim Kardashian, whoever that is. Never heard of her, won't give her any airtime. That's, it's just blatant, it's so shameless and blatant what they've done there. Uh, But there we go, Selena Gomez. Not only are they using someone's likeness, but they're also just using someone else's photo. Yeah. I mean, the photo itself has, you know, there's, there's copyright uh, holding on that photo. Mm-hmm. You can't just use someone's image like that. No, you can't. Um, madness. Yeah. Absolute madness. Well, there we are. That's weird news. Got another question then? Yes, we've got a question right here from uh, Trevor Price. That's Trevor Price. Dun, dun. Perfect. Hi, Gavin and Stacy. it says. Hello. With the recent influx of PC to console crossplay, cheaters are becoming a more common concern for console players who wish to avoid PC players. Many people believe PC and console crossplay to be a good thing, however. What is the solution? Cheers, sandwiches, it says. Thanks, Trevor. Mm, uh, thank, thanks, Trevor. Clear as always. Yeah. So... I think the the best resolution is to just give an option to turn it off, right? Yeah, definitely. Uh, because in my recent experience with... I mean, to very quickly recount what's been happening recently, especially with the cheating. Uh, there was Rocket League. Remember when I tried to stream Rocket League last year? Oh, and it yeah. matched me up with Steam players who were just driving forwards because they were basically bots just trying to earn rewards to sell yeah. on Steam. Uh, and then most recently there was that Star Wars game where hackers managed to get onto the P- the uh, the console version of the game and then go there and start murdering players. Yeah. So just an... O- I mean, in that case, obviously, it was a hack, but I think just an option to disable it. Uh, I've been playing Call of Duty Warzone, as I've said, uh, in the last few weeks, and that is... That's the first time I've ever used crossplay ever, because mm-hmm. one of my old uh, one of my old school friends, uh, not my old school friends, uh, has an Xbox, and it's been really nice because we've all been jumping in and playing together, and we've been able to play with him even though he's right. on an Xbox and we're on PS4, and that's been lovely. But there is an option to disable crossplay. But when I did, there would there were like no games. There. Oh God. Okay. Because presumably everyone's got it on by default, and nobody like me is thinking. Well, surely the connection is going to be better if I'm just connecting to other PS4 players. So I'd rather turn it off and just play with PS4 players. Uh, but however, it is that Activision have set up the servers. It seems that the PS4 
having isolating yourself from the cross-platform servers means that you're going into a separate <laughs> server and no one's there because the default is to have it on. So, uh. yeah, I just think just 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 the options is toggle it. You know, toggle Xbox, toggle PC, toggle off, something like that uh, would probably be the best way to solve that. Surely. Yeah, because I think a lot of people, I think it kind of works one way and not the other, but a, a lot of people feel that if they're up against a, a player on a different platform, that that player might have an advantage over them. Usually it's console players feeling like if you're playing on PC, particularly with something like a first-person shooter, I think actually aiming with a mouse, I, mean, I think you might disagree with this, Ben, but aiming with a mouse generally is considered to be more accurate. You're able oh, no, to turn... you won't get, get any argument from me. Turn turn quicker and and stop on a dime quicker, you know, to to quickly just aim over there and then over there and then over there. Whereas mm. when you're using a thumbstick, uh, you know, you're you're limited in terms of the speed of the turn. I know you can normally mess around with those things in options, but uh, also it's yeah, I, I think you just have more freedom, uh, more freedom to move along different dimensions when you've got a mouse uh, than. Uh, just a thumbstick to use. So PC players, I would say, probably have a bit of an advantage in certainly uh, first-person shooters. Mm-hmm. Um, so console players might also feel like they don't want to be up against, um, you know, perhaps a superior aiming technology. I know a lot of PC players probably actually use um, controllers, but lots of other people will be using mouse and keyboard. So, yeah, I think it's just, like you say, there should just be options. And, you know, a lot of players won't really be bothered. They're like, oh, I just want to play a game. Don't really care if, like, people are using PC or not. Mm-hmm. Let's let's just play. But others, for sure, will be uh, out there to win and feel like, oh, if I'm on PS4, I'm not going to win. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Agreed. Yeah. <laughs> it's time to move on to a discussion even bigger than the... Well, I mean, it's not, you know, it's not that big, but it's... It's kind of nice. It could be big. It could be big. Should we find out? Yeah. It's time for a big discussion. Oh, bigly. It's big discussion time. It's the discussion time where it's big. And here comes Daniel Neal. Neal. Hello. Hello. Hello, Ben and Peter. That's what it says. Yeah. Long time subkyber. And recent donor here. Firstly, thank you for all your hard work in adapting to the current climate, though it may not seem like it. Having a friendly stream in these times is a real comfort, which leads me to my question. You two obviously play a lot of games for a variety of reasons. What are some of your picks specifically for reducing stress and relaxing? Not necessarily titles you love most, but have that rare, calming... There's maybe a word missing, but have that rare, calming factor, let's say. Personally, I love Stardew Valley or Civilization paired with a nice podcast to help the worries of the day temporarily drift away. Thanks again for the content. Ah, oh, lovely. Thank you, Daniel. Peter, what what helps you unwind if you were to play a game to relax? What would you do? Well, I have put a little note here where, incidentally, two of my actual... I know it says in the question, not necessarily your favourite games, but two of my actual favourite games do help me unwind just because of the kind of, I guess, the nostalgia factor um, you know, like being sent back to your childhood inherently is quite a calming thing. So I've written Spyro, comma, Beyond Good and Evil, comma, etc. But I'm not going to talk about them anymore because I talk about them all the time. So we're going to move on. <laughs> um, but yeah, the nostalgia factor there, I think, is enough even on its own to to calm me down a little bit. However, there are some even more uh, relaxing games. I would say 
Minecraft in particular, I've found that so therapeutic when me and you have been doing a stream, having a little chat, hanging out with the audience, and just, you know, punching blocks and placing blocks and punching blocks and placing blocks. It's nice. It's, it's you know, it's uncomplicated. Uh, it's a bit of a creative outlet. And uh, Minecraft's a pretty atmospheric game as well at times, you know, with the sound design and the, and, uh, you know, the just the rotation of the sun and the moon through the sky and the day-night cycle, if, especially if you're on peaceful mode, certainly. I think if yeah. you're not, it's pretty stressful. Um, but I've definitely found Minecraft pretty, pretty calming. Also, I really like, particularly, Elder Scrolls Oblivion. I think, you know, Skyrim's a good game as well, but Oblivion, there's something about both the combination of the fact that uh, it's a it's a it's a less harsh landscape than Skyrim. Yeah, it's so you know. colorful. It is colorful and nice countryside and then coupled with um Jeremy Saul's soundtrack in that game. Mm-hmm. Uh god, just wandering through the the wilderness in Oblivion is a real treat. And again, I think there is a, a nostalgic aspect to it as well. I used to play it uh, at, at my grandparents' place, which is kind of out in the country. And um, yeah, the, there's a whole like web of interlinking things that when I play Oblivion, it reminds me of lots of other parts of you know my, my life and my childhood. So that really calms me down. Um, but finally, one other game that I've mentioned certainly twice in the last three podcasts, if not three times, um, and, and yet never really talked about before on the podcast, is Everybody's Gone to the Rapture. Mm. Um, brought that up a couple of times recently. I find that really relaxing because it's it's really just like listening to The Archers, as everyone likes to say as a comparison. <laughs> it's got actual voice actors from The Archers, radio soap uh, on it. Um, but wandering around and, and exploring that quaint little representation of a of a British village in is it set in like the eighties or the nineties that game? Or yeah, I think it's, it's I think it's the, it might be the seventies or eighties early. Right, 80s. yeah. Um I don't really it's been a while since I played it, but yeah, you know, just going through this sort of old fashioned, semi old fashioned uh country British village uh and listening to some talented voice uh voice actors just chat about what's been going on uh in the village. Yeah, I don't know. There's something about that that really, uh, you know, it's not a stressful game, is it? Rapture? No, I do not... love the bit, you know, with the derailed train and the bloody shoe. That's yeah, my that's... that's my favorite relaxing part of. That's great. Yeah, Rapture. all but the dead birds. <laughs> all the dead birds. Yeah, people's the heads exploded. Yeah, no, it's. It, you're right though. That game is. There's something really special about that game. And it yeah. makes me very sad that um, I think it's the Chinese room who developed that game. They had real problems working with PlayStation. Um, uh, they do not have any nice things to say, which makes me very sad because, uh, you know, out of that struggle, they created something really magical. Uh, but, yeah. you know, it's, it sucks that they, they, they had a rough time, a, a rough re- working relationship with PlayStation, bringing mm. that game out. Yeah. What about you? What If you had a rough work, working relationship with PlayStation, what would calm you down at the end of the day? Oh, I mean... Arguing with sony reps yeah um i i i'm in total agreement with minecraft uh as you said when you've not got it on peaceful so mm. let's just let's just cut through the bs here our first few streams they were pretty stressful not yeah. just from a streaming perspective because the server kept going down it kept crashing my internet and i was hosting the stream as well so it was all going very wrong and then it was we were on this stupid little island 
with nothing on it. We're getting killed all the time. But the last stream we did last week was so lovely and relaxing yeah. and we could just focus on stuff um, and still playing in, you know, uh, survival mode, but just on peaceful. So we can actually get on with things and just build things and mind things. It's really nice. And we're playing it again this afternoon at the time of recording. I'm really looking forward to it. Me too. Because um, it's really good fun. You know, when you've got the right setup, Minecraft can be super relaxing. Uh, but I agree with um, Daniel. Stardew Valley really mm. helped me through a very rough time last year. I, I bought it for the Switch and I play it in bed when I couldn't sleep. And it's really helpful. You know, the music, the sort of the the virtual manual labor of focusing on doing jobs, you know. Yeah. And it's the same reason people love Animal Crossing at the moment. But Stardew Valley was that for me when I needed it. Uh, and going through that, that rough time equally, Borderlands was very helpful. Uh, because that's a game that, if you know what you're doing, it's it's not hard, you know. It's not a game that's going to really annoy you. It's just, again, it's got that good gameplay loop that keeps you keeps you coming back, where you get the loot, you kill the people, you do all the quests in the area, you get better loot, you kill all the people, you do the quests in the area, and you just keep going. And, you know, you can play with up to three other friends as well. So it's just, there's an online alternative for you. I know Stardew Valley actually has co-op now, so you can play that with friends. Um, but... Certainly Borderlands is an, is, an, is an online game that you can really focus on. You feel like you have a proper job to do and a proper role, especially if your friends are playing as different classes. Everybody has different, you know, different builds and different skills and you, have sk you, you can spend skill points on perks that act actively benefit your teammates by increasing their health and stuff like that. And it just... It's nice to feel a part of something, you know, like, like you're, you're actively helping other people, even if it's yeah. just in a game. Uh, so, yeah, there's a, there's, a few, there's a few games there for you, uh, yeah. people out there, for games that can not necessarily take your mind off things, but certainly help you relax and just, just, just focus on something else. You know? Unwind. Precisely. Yeah. Precisely. Mm. And that, my friends, is the end of the podcast. Certainly is. Peter. Yeah. Where can people find us if they want to find us? They can find us on uh, everywhere at Tim Triple Job. Oh. Uh, our, our content goes out on YouTube and Twitch, youtube.com and team uh, twitch.tv forward slash team triple jump. Uh, when we stream on Twitch, we're now partners, by the way. Hey uh, we are modded by Lord Brotovich and Cecil Prumps. Indeed, we're also modded by them when we stream on YouTube, but we're, we're doing a whole lot of Twitch right now. We are. Uh, we got social media. We got twitter.com and facebook.com forward slash team triple jump. You can contact us on there. Facebook is looked after by social media man Luke Eldon, as we like to call him. He's good. He's a good boy. We do like to call him that. We do like to call him that. We've got a Patreon. Patreon.com forward slash team triple jump. All kinds of rewards on there. You can ask questions on this very podcast. You can access an exclusive Discord room. Uh, and the Discord you can get to at bit.ly forward slash team triple jump. That is modded by Jack, Joe, and Crimson Dragonfly. Uh, also, one of the Patreon rewards is uh, Worst Games Ever. Early. Two days early. Mm. Nice. <laughs> Uh, we got a podcast that you're listening to right now. Uh, there's an audio version of it available at play.acast.com forward slash s forward slash triple jump, but it's also on all the regular places, Spotify, etc. Uh, iTunes, I guess. Um, 
We've got a website too, tripleja.mup. Uh, we've got a careers tab over there. There's also uh, a, a redirect link to our new VODs channel, mm-hmm. which uh, you can get to at tripleja.mup forward slash VODs. It's where all of our solo live stream VODs from Twitch will be uploaded. I'm sure Ben will tell you about it shortly. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. Instagram, if you'd like to follow us there, at that Peter Austin, at Ben Potter 20, and on Twitter, at that Peter Austin, and at confused underscore dude. We do lists every Tuesday and Thursday, streams every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday over on twitch.tv forward slash team triple jump. Thursday is the joint stream, Blaze It, where Peter Blaze and I it. stream together. Peter streams Monday, Wednesday. I stream Tuesday, Friday. Uh, it varies uh, either 3 p.m. till 5 p.m. or 5 p.m. till 7 p.m. You just have to check social media. Just have a look on Twitter and find out. And you'll know properly then. Worst games ever. That's a fortnightly show. Friday for patrons of a certain tier, as Peter said. Sunday for everyone else. It was a worst games ever week last week, and it will be one next week, but not this week. Not this week. The podcast is every Saturday. And shows, huh? What are those? We've actually now run out of them because the last one went out on Friday. That uh, That was Rules Boss. Where we yeah. uh, we allowed Parvati to sort of, I don't know, unwind in her own way. Perhaps it was therapeutic for her to be instructed to murder everyone who lives in Edgewater, the town where she grew up. So if you yeah. want to see how that went, go and watch that. It's live on the channel now. Please leave us a review on iTunes or your platform of choice. It helps something to do with algorithms. And finally, just a few things before we go. As Peter said, the VODs channel... Uh, that is, we now have a custom link. So if you go to youtube.com forward slash triple jump vods, you can get that. Did mm-hmm. I say the, did I say the right one? YouTube.com? Yeah. I did I say that. Did. Yeah. In my brain, it immediately went, did you say twitch.tv? No. No, no it's fine. Okay. Uh, alternatively, uh, bit.ly. Uh, no, we don't do bit.ly. Yeah, I think the bit.ly forward slash TJ vods will take you to the Twitch stream, to the Twitch uh, vods tab. So if you want to watch the vods there, but right. YouTube, you can also go to triplejud.mup forward slash fods. We have now reached the threshold to monetize the videos on there. Thank you very much to everyone for helping us get there. Uh, that means we're just waiting for monetization to go through and be approved. And then we will be making every single VOD since Christmas, since we stopped uploading them to YouTube. They will be live on this VODs channel. So there's going to be a huge backlog of stuff to watch. Uh, as soon as things have finished airing on Twitch going forwards, as soon as you know we're able to, uh, going forwards, they will be going up on, on the, the VODs YouTube channel pretty much the next day, where yeah. possible. So hopefully those of you who aren't able to watch the VODs on Twitch will be able to watch them this way. And, uh, and, and we couldn't have done that without you, so thank you for helping us get there. Indeed. Additionally, as Peter said, we are now partnered on Twitch, something we didn't think we were going to be able to do because it would stop us from streaming on YouTube, which obviously we're taking a, a sort of a back seat on at the moment. But actually, we had, a, we had a closer look, and it turns out there's nothing to stop you from streaming on Twitch or YouTube, depending on what you feel like. So there we go. Uh, that does mean now that we have way more emotes than we had before. The VODs stay on Twitch for 14 days now instead of a week. And uh, there are various other other sort of elevated privileges that we have too. So again, thank you to everyone who's coming along and watching us live for helping us hit that goal, hit that milestone. We also get a nice tick next to our name. Yeah. Tick nice. Finally, finally, jobs. There is an opening currently for a full-time Newcastle-based video editor. 
Peter's taking the lead on that. But there's also yeah. uh, there there's uh, there's a couple of freelance vacancies for for writers for script writers. So if you go to triple J, yeah, triple J.mup, so many links to remember, triple J.mup, you'll see at the bottom, there's a careers link. You can click that and it'll list both things, tell you how to apply. So go have a look, see what you think. And uh, we'll hopefully hear from you very soon. Yeah. Oh, Peter, would you like to tell me this sponsor? Yes, which leaves just enough time for me to tell you all about the brand new hip hop hit brang boobity doobity do do boom. No boobities. Top, no boobities, no. Uh, doobity do boo boom. Top of the charts coming at you real good. Sex ed book. Mm-hmm. Ori and the Willy of Wisps. Do you have hairs in new places that you're unfamiliar with? Yeah. Uh, good. Read the book. Okay. Is that the advert? That's it. Yeah, That's just read it. Brilliant. Tell you all about them. <laughs> Thanks for listening, everyone, slash watching. Oh, wow, look how far we made it across Mars on the video version. Fantastic. We did a really good job today. Hmm. Thank you, Peter. Thanks. And uh, we'll see you guys next time. Take care. Stay safe. Love you all. Goodbye, everybody. Toodles. Bye. Bye. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.